And now, get ready for an exclusive look into the music industry with Behind the Mic host, Dylan Ingram. Hello, everyone. Welcome into this episode of Behind the Mic. On today's episode, I'm joined by Matt Hine from the band I Am They. Matt, thank you so much for taking hey, the time um, to come on oh. today. <laughs> My pleasure, man. Thanks, Dylan, for having me. I'm excited. Looking back at the start of the band I Am They, how did you and the other members meet and decide to form the band? Yeah, uh, kind of funny story because we didn't really plan on being a band. And so it was Halloween of 2008, actually. We decided, me and a buddy were playing. We had been writing some music. We kind of met around a guitar, and we started uh, We started playing, started writing together, and we were going to go do like a, a concert that night. Um, his local church had uh, just opened a new building, and they invited us to play a little concert. And instead of a concert, we ended up saying, hey, what if we just did a worship night instead, since we're like in a church, you know, everybody's going to be showing up for that. Like, I think it would come off better. And so we, we did that. We hosted this night, but we didn't actually have enough people in one church to put together a full functioning band or worship team. And so we had reached out to some other churches in the area, just looking for people that would come together and join our little band and, and host this one night of worship. And so what we intended on being one night of worship turned into this ongoing worship ministry in our small community in Carson City, Nevada. Yeah, the rest is history. We had a, a promoter come to, to one of our worship nights sometime after that and then asked us to open up for Matthew West. And that was our first kind of gig. And then Matthew was real positive and encouraging. And, and so we just kind of kept at it. And that led us down the road into some other opportunities. And But that has essentially been our story was just saying yes to God and, and trying to serve and walk through the doors that have opened in front of us. But um, ultimately, we're just doing the same thing, man, just coming together to worship and opening it up to different communities now, you know, outside of Nevada, but around the country or the world or whatever. So it's awesome. The name I Am They, where where did that come from? Yeah, and then somewhere along the way, because when we opened like that first time we opened for Matthew West, I think was right around the time where we were like, man, maybe we should have a band name. I, I don't know, is this how you do this? You know, so... We started tossing around different, pooling of different names and everybody come up with three and then we'll pick one. And I Am They comes from John chapter 17 and Jesus is, is praying for his disciples throughout that chapter and referring to his disciples as they, calling out an identity for the body of Christ at large. And so there were a lot of these really cool identifiers for us as individuals and as a collective. You know, Jesus says like that they would be not of the world just as I'm not of the world and that they would be one. Uh, he says to his father, just as you and I are one. And those were a couple of the things that really identified with us as a band. And so we just wanted to personalize that and say, I am they. So in the band's early days, I read somewhere that you got to play at the Spirit West Coast Festival, which was headlined oh by Toby Mac, and you ended up winning the competition. And also, didn't you end up leaving and your wife had to call you and let you know that you won? Yes. Yeah, man, you went deep. That was 2010 or 11, I think 2011, summer. And uh, we were in this 
Old Festival on the West Coast, California, like you said, and we had entered this competition. It was kind of like a battle of the bands. It was called Partner in Play. And we went and we had written a handful of songs. We played those songs in front of a panel of judges. And there was also, we found out that there was kind of a comp, part of the competition also was bringing people to the festival. And so if you had sold a number of tickets, um, that was what we thought the competition ultimately was. And so we did not, we got like, I think second place or something in that. And so we, we had thought like we had missed our opportunity to quote win that thing, but come to find out uh, the the songs that we played were being judged. And that was like, that was the main competition. And so us thinking the competition was over, we did our part, we played our songs, we went back to our hotel room and my wife had stayed back yeah, with her family and they were watching Toby Mac that night, like headline this festival right there on main stage. They announced, I am they won the, the uh, partner in play competition. And, uh, you know, so, and we weren't even there. <laughs> so my wife calls me. I'm literally, hope this is okay for your viewers, but I'm, I'm sitting on the toilet. I'm like, answer my phone. <laughs> my wife's like, they're announced for main stage. You guys won the whole thing. And I was like, what? You know, like, okay. Oh my gosh. Like, well, all right, we'll be there. Like, give us a minute, you know? And so it was just a complete shocker for us as a band. And that ultimately ended up part of our prize was um, going to Nashville to track a song, a single with a producer there in Nashville. And so we ended up in Nashville, uh, long story short, um, and then that producer liked the song enough to share it with his friends and his friends ended up being the five major record labels in Nashville. And so just it just snowballed from there. And we ended up that week not only tracking this song in a state, you know, out in Nashville where we never thought we would set foot. Uh, but then we ended up going into these, you know, A&R offices and going and meeting uh, like the VPs and executives uh, all in these record labels and playing our playing our acoustic songs in front of them. And we were just terrified. We didn't know what we were doing. So, um, but we did our, you know, we did our best and let God do the rest. <laughs> That's all you can do sometimes. That's right. That's right. So the title track of your latest album, Faithful God, has been received really well and gotten lots of radio time. What all went into writing that one specifically? Well, yeah, I, I, it's, it's been awesome um, to see, I guess, in a time like we're in right now, 2020 and beyond, um, just a song, you know, that song connecting, because I don't think we anticipated when we were writing that song that it would be, you know, that it would, I guess, just be as perfect thematically for like the time that we're in. Uh, I, you know, I'm just speaking for myself, like that song connected for me and my story and, and, and our story as a family and whatever, uh, just in a new kind of way based on just this last year and what life has looked like for us and just clinging on to the faithfulness of God. But that song, ultimately, we went into the studio, um, me, Abby, and a guy that we had never written with before. We started writing, I think, like maybe two or three other songs before those weren't working. And it was like halfway through the day and we're like, you know what? There was this thing that had hit me this that morning. This girl that's part of my church, she was battling cancer and is still battling cancer. But uh, her name's Jane and she had posted that morning, she posted this verse and it was from 
Romans 4, and it says, against all odds. When it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. She had found out from the doctor that her, you know, her cancer was back and it was worse than ever. And doctor was essentially giving her a death sentence and saying, I'm sorry, like there's nothing we can do from here. And she posted this verse, you know, I'm, I'm believing and expecting God to fulfill the promise in the same way that Abraham did, you know, the father of faith. And so it was just incredibly inspiring for me to see this girl who I'd be, been praying for, my family had been praying for night after night, just rise up and like have this determined, resilient faith. And uh, just in the face of death, you know, like a life or death situation, how many of us are actually facing like death swearing the face like that but she's just standing up and saying like no i don't receive i don't receive that and i'm just going to claim victory in jesus so anyway i kind of shared that story and it was like yeah this is the song that we need to write and so we started we started just putting some of these verses into the song and some of those some of those things that jane had posted just directly into the song lyrics of like my story is not over, you know, and I'm going to stake my claim on, on who God is and on what he says about my future and my life and, and just hold on to his promise. And so, yeah, that was, uh, where that song came from. And sometime after that, we actually got to see the clean bill of health that they gave Jane. Um, so that was an incredible testimony after that point in her story, the doctor saying the like, I have the video of the doctor saying, this is a bona fide, this is a miracle, Jane, you know, and there's no rhyme or reason for this happening. Yeah, that's awesome. So back in July of 2020, you premiered a music video for that song, Faithful God, which was set at an old gas station. So what was the process of planning and filming that video like? Man, yeah, the old Davis General. We were out in Leapers Fork, Tennessee, and there's this little like gas station, little deli. So, uh, we went out and, and tracked the music video there, and um, it ended up being a crazy day because we, you know, the chorus of the song is like, I'll sing through fire and thunder. And lo and behold, like this giant black thunderstorm rolls in, like, wow, as we're like setting up and shooting this music video. And it was crazy enough because COVID and all of that was pretty like heavy at the time. And so we had to do like, you know, we're, we're getting hit with a thermometer and we're getting, you know, everybody's got their masks and you have to like get checked off on this list before you're allowed to like go anywhere or do anything. So it was just a crazy music video to shoot. Another one of your songs that's most widely known is the song Scars and it's been out for almost three years and has touched a ton of people. Did you have any idea on the front end that that song would be as popular and as meaningful as it has been? Oh no. I don't know, for maybe somebody out there writing songs kind of knows, can gauge that stuff. But I'd say for us as a band, we never had any like big radio songs or success or anything like that. And so, you know, our, our core and our, our mission has just been to continue to serve. Like I said, like continue to just worship and do the thing that God called us to do. So we wrote that song, Scars, I remember on that record, that last record was called Trial and Triumph. And that song, uh, was maybe the song that I had worked on the most. When you talk about kind of chiseling away at different songs, some songs just drop on you in a matter of no time. You know, there's a song called 
keep coming back to you on this new record. And that song, I remember writing that song in about half an hour, you know, and it was just like a, just kind of just gets dumped on you. And those are awesome, but then there's songs that you really gotta like pour into and you're just crafting and you're, you're chiseling away. And uh, Scars was a song that had been rewritten maybe three different times. And if I played you the original chorus, you know, you wouldn't even recognize the song. I don't think we at all realized connection that it would have you know that song is is about our scars but ultimately about his scars because it tells us we don't have to hide our scars that there's redemption and there's there's meaning and there's purpose in all of our in all of our scars and all of our, our stories and the things that we face um, in our lives another one of your songs my feet are on the rock alludes to matthew 7 when jesus is preaching about building your house on the rock also i heard it was sparked by some conversations with your dad and a bandmate experiencing hurricane harvey so what do you recall about writing that one yeah that (laughs) i mean i recall being in the truck like this and i was i was talking to my dad i was driving to nashville we were just talking about you know i was in tennessee I had not been hit by a hurricane or anything, but I had, there were some things that were shaking me up and my dad was just kind of sharing that verse with me and reminding me, Hey, you know, build your, build your house on the rock. So you already mentioned it a little bit ago, but you've had the opportunity to tour many big name artists such as Matthew West. What is something that your band has learned from being around those people? I love their honesty. I love their sincerity. Uh, Mark Hall, from Casting Crowns, you know, Stephen Curtis Chapman. These are guys that have been doing this a while. And I think what keeps them around is the fact that they're honest, that they're they're down to earth, that they're sincere dudes that love Jesus and are reaching beyond just their own stories. So who is an artist or maybe multiple artists that you draw inspiration from either now or listen to a lot growing up? Man, it's really, it's a weird mixed bucket for for me, but also for all of us in the band. I know there's John Mayer, you know, people like that inspired me in like a guitar, guitar kind of way. Um, Some some of the Coldplay stuff. Chris Tomlin was a big influence, honestly, when I was younger, just like the way that he could write an anthem for the church um, and make it really like accessible. Crowder. He's a weirdo, but he's <laughs> he's a genius too, and uh, I love I love that dude. So, when I am they is actually out on tour. What does a typical day look like for you? Oh gosh, yeah, we uh, sometimes we're driving ourselves. We have a a little sprinter bus that we jump in, and we still you know we'll drive ourselves. We we all jump in the driver's seat, have our little two hour, three hour shifts and uh, get ourselves to wherever we're going. But uh, otherwise we're on a tour bus and you're trying to slip through the night on a, on a bus and then you wake up in the morning and we're unloading the trailer. You know, there's a crew out there helping us out, getting stuff set up and you spend the first half of the day setting the whole, you know, all the production and stage and everything up getting some breakfast, hanging out, trying to find the promoter and find the people that are, you know, that have put this whole thing together, connecting with those people. And, you know, we set up our 
merch table, set up stage, get all our instruments geared up. Um, and then we're, we're back, you know, I'm trying to connect with my family. <laughs> all of us are like, have our, our different times of connecting with the family. Usually don't take a shower until about two or three o'clock, which can get ugly real fast, but yeah. And then we're, uh, gearing up for the show. So when you're in the studio recording these songs, what does the band's recording process look like? Like, what do you usually start out with tracking? What's kind of the final touches you put on? What all yeah. goes into that? Honestly, it starts even before we ever get into the studio. We usually are meeting up with producer or producers. And we do like a bunch of pre-production stuff where you're literally like, figuring out what BPM you're going to be playing a song at and figuring out is the core are the chord progressions right or do we need to like change up the chords to you know bring out like a, a, a certain emotion or a, a certain sentiment that's being expressed in the lyrics or something like that or what key do we want to play this song is sometimes you'll write a song in the key of G and then like you get into the studio and it's like, no, we, this needs to be in B flat or whatever. So we're working all that stuff out on the front end and then you get into the studio and we've done it a number of different ways. I know some people just start from the ground up and they start building drum tracks, throw some bass on there. And then by the end, you're kind of like filling in the blanks and, and tracking vocals and that kind of thing. That's a little bit of what, what that process looks like. Finally, what would you tell someone who is wanting to make it in the Christian music industry? Probably the best advice that I got came from Jesus. <laughs> in, in scripture, it's just Matthew 6, 33. And this has been a life verse for me even before being in a band, but uh, it just says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. That is a promise. It's not just a, it's not just advice, but it's a, it's a promise. So, you know, there's a lot of people that I talk with. I was just talking with my nephew who moved out here to Tennessee and he's kind of like trying to figure out he's young, a young buck. And he's trying to figure out like what the next step for his life is. And what do I do next? He's kind of in the middle of college and what direction do I point myself in? And it was just like, that was a verse where it was like, start here. Start pointing yourself directly at Jesus. Put him first. Give him priority in 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 your thoughts, in your processes, in your in the things that you're pursuing. And that has all you know, that is what directs your steps. And that's another, you know, promise from scripture when we just seek him first. Well, Matt, thanks again for taking the time this morning to come on to this episode of Behind the Mic. Make sure to go check out I Am They, all their music. It's available everywhere. Music is available. They're on YouTube. And hopefully get to go check out you guys on the road soon. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> thanks for having me, man. It's awesome hanging. That was Behind the Mic with Dylan Ingram. Make sure to tune in next week for a brand new episode. I will sing through fire and thunder Stop.